This is Thoughts on the Table by DisgracesOnTheMenu.com. Hello and welcome to Thoughts on the Table, the audio blog on food and food culture. Paolo here again, your host as usual. And with me, a new guest today, Christine from Italian Dish Podcast. Hi, Christine. Hi, Paolo. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, Christine. This is fantastic. It's the first time uh, in my 80-something episodes that I interview someone who actually is a podcaster. Really? Yeah. Well, it's great to be here. Professional one. Well, <laughs> professional, I don't know, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, you are. You are you're professional, absolutely. Um, yeah, so this is amazing because uh, Christine, for those of you who don't know her already, uh, does something quite unique. She records episodes that are audio recipes. So basically she cooks with her microphone on and uh, she talks about the dish. She talks about a lot of things actually while she cooks. And, uh, and you can also hear the kitchen sounds, the cooking sounds, and all of that really makes you live the recipe as if you were watching it. But it's, in my opinion, even better because uh, you leave some to your imagination <laughs> and, uh, and you can do that while you're doing something else. You don't have to watch something all the time. So congratulations on this idea. That's fantastic. Thanks, Paolo. It's so nice of you to say. Um, yes. Yeah, so I have so many questions, obviously, um, on the formula, but also I would like to start from yourself. Um, you are based in Florence or near Florence. Is that right? Yeah, I live on the north side of Florence, uh, still right in Florence. But if you're familiar with the geography, it's like right before the little small town of Serpiole. So it's like kind of right on the edge of the city, but you get a little taste of countryside life as well where we're at. So it's nice. It's lovely. Uh, but you're American originally, right? Yes. I grew up in Ohio, actually. Mm -hmm. I moved here in 2016. Um, and that was basically the last, <laughs> the last move. But it wasn't the first time I came to Italy. I came mm -hmm. here first as a study abroad student in my senior year of college, actually, which was a bit of an untraditional choice, but I came for a semester and fell in love. Um, I studied abroad in Siena. That was lovely. And then, yeah. And then I ended up coming back, you know, even farther <laughs> into my past. It's like I, I had studied Italian. And then after I finished my degree, I actually moved to South Korea to teach English. Ooh. Which I don't know if you'd heard the mention that in other episodes of my podcast, but no, I didn't listen to that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, haven't. Mm -hmm. and oh, uh, fantastic! Yeah, so I was there for a year teaching English, and then after that, came back and eventually met my now husband, and here we are. Fast forward into 2020. Fantastic! And you you teach English in Italy too, correct? Yeah, so I mostly teach adults uh, of all ages, really. Some university students, some elderly people, um, nice. just a whole mix, and some teenagers as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're lucky. They're lucky. Uh, I had <laughs> horrible English teachers in Italy that uh, they weren't native speakers. Uh, yeah, that's a common plight. That is something uh, that we get a lot. <laughs> yes, I don't know how you can do that. You know, I, and I really was ashamed of trying to speak with an accent. I was always trying because of the music. Uh, I kind of knew how it was supposed to sound. Obviously, I didn't have a, anybody to teach me properly, but mm. I tried, but I felt ashamed to try. You kind of speak in Italian English. 
and that's how you speak. Otherwise, people will make fun of you in school. <laughs> so how can you learn like that? Yeah. Horrible. Well, I have lots horrible. of theories about that as well, of Italians and their English. I think some of it is due to what you mentioned. And a lot of it is also, at least in my mind, due to the the concept of like brutta figura. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> Italians like, don't want to embarrass themselves just in general. Like it's really not something yep. that they're comfortable doing. <laughs> yes. <So. laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we care a lot about our appearance, uh, you know, our face, how we, we look in front of other people. So, yeah, yeah. Um, we don't Definitely. like to fail. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, you know, and that's one thing I noticed in, um, in North America, um, certainly more accepting. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are kind of encouraged to try, uh, to try everything. Lots of classes, lots of uh, new experiences, Italians that do what they know and try to do the rest true, in private, <laughs> I guess. Interesting. Yeah. yeah so I'm so interested in, uh, in your notes about moving to Italy and the Italians. Obviously, uh, I had a bit of a reverse experience with right. moving to, to Canada. Um, so I'm always very fascinated to see how you see us, uh, <laughs> especially now that you've been living there. So it's not the, you know, enamored uh, vacation, you know, yeah. fell in love with the country and maybe a man. <laughs> but yes, which it happens and it's wonderful. But um, but uh, the real life uh, of, um, you know, every day, uh, I'm very interested in knowing how things are going, right? Uh, yeah. Do you, do you want to talk about that a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Uh, that's a big question. I uh, yeah, of course, uh, yes, <laughs> well, not easy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I experience, I I think, really interesting subsets of Italian culture, and that mm-hmm. I marry. So I live in Florence. I'm married to a campano, and mm-hmm. I work in a school run by a Calabrian man. So it's like <laughs> every little mix of life is is different for me. So I get a lot right. of colleagues that are from Tuscany. And then obviously mm-hmm. one from Calabria and then my husband also from the South. And then a lot of my students are a real mix as well. They're, they're Florence, as you know, is a really international city, but it it's is, also yeah. a city that's become like a Mecca for a lot of Italians looking for work. Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it's really nice to get that taste of different regional cultures, even just in my day-to-day life. Uh, mm-hmm, but I, I don't know yes. that I'm the most common person to ask even about that because i have friends that are you know expats maybe from the uk Mm -hmm. with a tuscan man like they're like florentine like their whole entire existence is like florence 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 i have such a mix (laughs) i think it's it's, useful though you yeah you get like a snapshot of uh, of various italian regions um definitely you probably agree with me that um to be in a multicultural city um, helps, I suppose, when you're an expat. Yeah. Um, I suppose you run into foreigners pretty frequently mm-hmm. in the city. Well, maybe not not now that everything's locked down because of the virus. Right, right. But but normally, um, and uh, and of course, also people that move uh, to Florence from various parts of Italy. So I think it make it easier. Uh, it was easier for me for sure, uh, to move to Vancouver. It would have been harder uh, if I moved to some place in the interior. Absolutely, um, yeah. That's definitely my experience here. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. You probably had taken some road trips and you've gone to small towns, obviously, even just around Florence. Yeah. You probably experienced something a little bit different. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, even where I live now, I described it has 
pluses and minuses of living sort of on the edge of the city. I'm sure if I lived in the city center, walking mm -hmm. around, I would get a lot like a more sheltered experience almost just because there's right. so much more used to people like tourists and people from all over the world. But where I live now, it's like, oh, there's that American girl that walks around with a baby talking in, mm -hmm. on the phone in English and yeah. everyone stares at me in my neighborhood <laughs> when I walk by. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and for better, or for worse, you know, it has its bonuses as well. I think it's nice to be sort of removed from all of that as well, like the, the city center life and too mm -hmm. much expat culture, I guess. Right. Yeah. You you want the full experience as well. Mm. You know, I, I'm sure you you find you find it very meaningful to see how people live uh, when they're not observed, when they're not mm. just dealing with tourists, um, and they are in their own habitat. Right. So Definitely. that was the case for me uh, as well. Like um, in uh, parts that are not uh, downtown or you know smaller towns around it, or my trips to Saskatchewan where my wife is from mm. uh, that was uh, that was strange like uh, a very small town <laughs> there is this town called Herbert uh, <laughs> Saskatchewan and yes yeah, so we walked into a gas station slash restaurant and uh, yes everybody turned their face towards me and I was <sighs> the foreigner wow. and I was surrounded by Canadians from just 10 miles away but I still stood out even though I was camouflaged <laughs> They could tell I was not yeah. from there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's fascinating. I love it. It's just so cool to to see. Yeah. Really, I love all that. Yeah, I'm so curious. Do you find that it's like you? There's a part of you that wants to to blend in more, or are you trying to still maintain the fact that like, no, I'm an Italian and I'm in Canada, mm. or I know now you're not in Canada, but I don't know. I was curious about that. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's a mix of both. You certainly want to blend in. And initially, you think it's possible <laughs> to, right. to blend in completely. Um, it is until you open your mouth. Um, <laughs> because I, the, I look, you know, I'm Caucasian. And I, you know, especially when I moved to Canada, I had a red beard. I looked very Canadian. <laughs> I looked a bit like a lumberjack. <laughs> so, well, minus the shoulders. I didn't have the shoulders. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I totally would look, um, uh, you know, like I fit. But then, you know, at the moment I started to speak, they, they couldn't understand me. So it was uh, very traumatic. Mm -hmm. So I think at that point I changed the strategy and I tried to use my difference to my advantage. And uh, mm -hmm. even being very upfront about that. So the first thing you say, I'm Italian. Um, also because, you know, mm -hmm. A, Italians are so welcome there. Uh, so you immediately get a big smile. Yeah. And then um, it kind of brings the conversation in your court so you can now control mm. what we're talking about. So it's much easier to speak because, you know, if they start to talk about places or things or uh, people you don't know, you get lost so quickly. So yeah. I think, you know, the moment you start talking about Italy, you're, you know, you're playing your game. So it's easy yeah, to get by. that's a good tip. That's a good tip for expats, I think, <laughs> in general. <laughs> Well, you probably got past that because you've been there uh, long enough that you don't have this problem anymore. Obviously, you can um, entertain a conversation in Italian without without any problem at this point, right? Right. But I, I mean, I still feel like at the same way, I can't I can't pass for being an Italian person. Like maybe mm -hmm. if somebody who's not from Tuscany talks to me and they wonder, well, where is she from? Probably someplace in the middle or like some 
<laughs> so, oh, okay, yeah. No name maybe, zone. Maybe. But but not even. I think my accent will peek through one way or another. <laughs> yeah, pretty quickly. And so oh, it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's interesting blending in, not blending in. Sometimes it is to your advantage, but sometimes not. Yeah. Well, it gives you a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes if you see something stupid, <laughs> you yeah, can say, well, yeah. I, I didn't understand it. <laughs> exactly. I didn't get the joke. Some kind uh, of cultural snafu, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can you can get by. Yeah, for sure. Oh, so interesting. Um, I so wonder how my voice sounds to a native speaker. So I do that with my wife sometimes. <laughs> okay, so imagine you, you don't know it's me talking. If I just say yes, would that have an accent? And she's like, yeah, it would. So I cannot just say yes. Uh, It's too long, the S part. Or I don't know, there's something in in my my voice that gives it away. So I cannot say even no. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that was pretty close. But yeah, yeah, it's impossible for me to tell. So I guess it's probably the same for you uh, in Italian. Even if you just say, see. Uh, there's something in your sea exactly. that if you think about it, may give it away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. Well, eventually I gave up, right? So even though I've been abroad for, for, for 20 years. Um, right. Which your English is remarkable, I have to say. I mean, well, it's thanks not, so much. <laughs> not an easy feat, even having <laughs> lived abroad for as long as you have. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been working very hard on this and yeah. I, I, I enjoy it. But um I still, you know, I have an accent and, you know, I'm embracing it. This is what it is. And, uh, yeah, uh, this is me. This is probably going to speak like this forever. I don't think I get any better <laughs> at this point. Yeah, well, I so. think having an accent is also sort of a badge of honor. It's like, mm-hmm. I've worked hard, but I also speak another language. So come at me. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously you can you can certainly say that Italian's so hard. Uh, uh, you, yeah, I don't envy you having to learn that <laughs> as an adult. Um, yeah. yeah, I know it's, yeah, when I try to explain something to my wife, uh, what's behind certain sentences, uh, yeah, it's impossible to <laughs> to get through that. It just, it's hard for me to explain it. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just so very hard. Anyway, language, fascinating story. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> such, a, such a complicated thing. And such a, I don't know if this is for you, like, in the first year, we may just end up talking about this in this episode. Who cares? It yeah, sounds fun. I mean, <laughs> so, uh, something you say in your show, this is my platform. Exactly. I can do what I want. <laughs> cool. I like that. <laughs> so, yes, uh, language is uh, so interesting. I felt like for the first, I don't know, five, six years, um, 20% of my brain was constantly being used mm. just to interface with the world. Yes. So exhausting. It's just like extra work that you're doing just to carry out everyday tasks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to work was uh, days where I had meetings were like so stressful, so so stressing. Um, and days where I was just working on, I'm a programmer, so I was trying to solve some difficult problems. I was being refreshed. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what a nice day in the office. Right, right. But let's go back. Let's go back to you and to your, your fantastic work. So how did the idea of starting this very original podcast uh, begin? That's a good question. So I originally had a blog where I sort of wrote about my experiences as an expat, but I kind of felt like I didn't have a whole lot to say as far as bloggable posts. And there's already, let's be honest, a lot of a lot of stories from 
white middle class American girls living in Italy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, not to not to hate on them, but it's just the market's a little saturated. bit saturated. Yeah, mm, exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so I kind of felt like, ugh, I just don't have anything to add, really. And so it was frustrating. I had a lot to say, uh, but really didn't think blogging was the right platform for me. And I wanted to tell stories, but mm-hmm. I knew that like I was mostly passionate about food. And like I was telling you before, I I found myself also in a really difficult spot at home just trying to figure out what to cook every day and how to cook Italian food for my husband was a challenge enough as it's on its own. I thought, right. you know, this is actually the perfect way to combine like my experience here, which is me trying to learn how to cook Italian food and trying to learn more about Italy. And also I can sort of talk about it from my perspective, which is by no means an expert in Italian food. But mm-hmm. I still have something to say about it, you know, and I do love cooking and I love food. So it just worked out that it was a really great combination, I guess. Yeah, it's very interesting, very, very smart too. Um, it's kind of, you have to do it anyway. Um, it's interesting. You clearly like uh, to have your channel, to have your platform. Yeah. And uh, you're probably thinking of an audience, your your audience, your ideal audience, which is probably people in the States maybe or in North America were wondering what it's like <laughs> to live in Italy. Yeah. Is that right? Correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, right. No, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's an interface to to kind of introduce this this world and and share. Still, you know, very original, absolutely original. You say that a lot of mm-hmm. uh, girls have done this, but yeah. no, no, absolutely. Uh, your your story is, is just your own, and and sharing it from uh, from your point of view, obviously, it's uh, it's um, it, there's a lot of value in that. In fact. I enjoy listening to your episodes, uh, obviously for for different reasons, because uh, I know what it's like there, but I like to see how you see it. So that's exactly it. Um, so interesting to get cool. your point of view, and you do that while you're cooking, which I think is yes. also a, an interesting <laughs> technique, is it not? I was thinking about this. A lot of what you say, I have a feeling, is improvised, which makes me very jealous because I can't do that, but. <laughs> But you're doing that while you're cooking. So you do something with your hands. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a very good way to, um, you know, to also let your mind wander around and don't feel too oh, yeah. constrained. Let your mind go loose. And the result is wonderful. It, it's very real. It's very interesting. Uh, I yeah, enjoy I binged uh, five or six episodes um, <laughs> earlier. Yeah. It's, it's just very, very interesting to hear. Well, it's mostly me just like how I am in my real life. I I cook and talk and this is kind of a friend helped me in the coming up with the idea of this concept. I had a lot of people tell Mm -hmm. me that it really was a bad idea. They're like, oh, the audio is going to be terrible or it's just going to be too much of like, how are you even going to do that? But when I figured out the logistics of it, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it and see how it goes. And the whole podcast episodes like the beginning when i am sort of introducing the recipe i always feel a little bit Mm -hmm. uncomfortable and it's like a little bit more rigid and then as soon as i start cooking i think you can probably hear in my voice that i just relax a little bit and i start telling stories and it's like that's the real me and if you Mm -hmm. stick around to like hear at least to the end of the recipe i definitely just feel like i come into my own with it because i it's just like i am in real life like right now i'm talking with my hands (laughs) I'm yeah, not yeah, the yeah. Italian, but it's like I can't <laughs> I can't talk and sit still at the same time. I can't tell a story without 
I don't know, moving around a bit. So <laughs> nice, nice. It's very, very interesting point. Uh, in fact, I feel like even this interview chat of Colin chat, yeah, started a bit more. I, I was a bit nervous. Obviously, I, I don't know you now. I feel it's already uh, we're getting into a flow, and uh, you certainly reached that very quickly in your in your episodes. Um, and yes, you figured out the logistics uh, really well. Uh, I have to commend you on the quality. It's it's really good audio quality. Thanks. Uh, yeah, your voice is amazing. And uh, you can hear the kitchen sounds uh, very well <laughs> and without being uh, uh, distracting or, you know, it's it's really it's really done well. So Thanks. almost can see it. Yeah, it's really good. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you want to hear that. Uh, no, that's, that's great. Um, um, so you you wear a, a microphone like on your on your lapel? Yeah, so it's like a little. I think they're called. I this is how this is gonna reveal how little I know about podcasting and audio equipment. But <laughs> for, <laughs> this is like a little uh, lavalier mic. I don't know how they're pronounced that either, but it's like a mm-hmm. lav mic. I think is what they're called. And okay. it, it clips on. It's just really tiny, and I just clip that onto my apron, and I record onto my phone, and stick my phone in my pocket, and there's pretty much nothing fancy about it it just <laughs> i just talk okay i, I see i so, see yeah very clever and um curiosity i'm just jumping into some kind of behind the scenes yeah. questions if you want to reveal that um <laughs> so do you really cook every dish uh for real <laughs> or there's some parts where you just do the sounds that would be so pretend. funny no you know <laughs> i i really cook every dish um Often I'm cooking while my son is napping. So I'm like on a time crunch. I'm like, this is my moment. He's asleep. I have to go. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. So I really do cook everything. Yeah. And uh, most of it is uncut, uh, which is ridiculous. (laughs) You can do that. Uh, I cut like every five words. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh and yes um except of course when the recipe requires you to take a break like uh, something needs to cook so you don't just sit there for an hour right uh, you could i'm sure you could totally do that <laughs> if you want <laughs> but uh but in that case in the spirit of time for people yeah. who want to see how the dish ends uh you take a break and then you come back yeah very very cool stuff thanks yeah <laughs> so I'm uh, continuing on the questions on my curiosity about about uh, the logistics. Do you think of recipes based on how they may turn out uh, on an audio track? Or is it totally random? You cook what you want to cook. That's it. Yeah, great question. I think I don't really think so much in those terms about like how the audio is going to sound as mm-hmm. much as just what is this recipe about? So I've been really driven to look for recipes that include seasonal ingredients that are only, and for a while I was really worried about trying to find recipes that had some only ingredients that I knew were accessible in North America, but I've kind of veered from that because I feel like not everybody listening is as interested in cooking as much as just hearing the cooking and also hearing the stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's fair to give space to just, you know, all types of listeners. Mm-hmm. And so for instance, I'm doing a, a recipe um, about lasagna bastarde. I don't know if you know what those are. Um, no, also no. called lasagna mate. So it's a really niche, like particular dish that's native mm-hmm. to, oh my gosh, I might say this incorrectly. Lunigiana. Yeah. Lunigiana. Lunigiana. Yes. Yes. yes yeah. Which <laughs> is the like North 
western tip of Tuscany. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so just a really, really niche, but it uses, it's lasagna that are made from chestnut flour, which chestnuts are just an incredible plant. If you (laughs) dive into the history of, you know, Tuscans eating chestnuts and all that. And I go Mm -hmm. into it in my episode, but that was basically me going to the grocery store and looking around, I was like, okay, what's in season that I didn't see last week? Okay, mm-hmm, now there's lots right. of chestnut flour. What can I make with chestnut flour? And then I right. just like start researching it. So that's kind of Lovely. my process. Yeah. It's a great strategy. So you really base it on, on interesting things to talk about around a dish, which is always uh, really important because uh, there's going to be a lot of talking, really. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the time it takes to cook. So you need to have interesting topics and things to to discuss um and of course at that point you get yourself maybe towards a dish uh, you haven't cooked before yes uh and again you have a lot of courage in uh in jumping in right there and 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 recording it for the first time yeah again this is you this is your audio blog it's not meant to be a cooking show Right. Uh, though a lot of people can use it like that, and I certainly would. But uh, but yeah, it's really the experience of somebody sometimes cooking a dish they know very well, mm-hmm. sometimes cooking a new dish because some new ingredients are in season and something you haven't cooked before. Yeah. So yes, and you you talk people through what it feels and what you expected to see, what you're actually seeing, mm-hmm. and how you're gonna adjust and, and correct. Um, you know, as you go, which is very much part of cooking. Yes, so, definitely. Yeah. So, well, cool and I stuff. think, yeah, it's it's interesting also because I think Italian food is one of those cuisines that people who are non-Italians look at it as like, oh, it's a holy grail. Like, non-Italians <laughs> can't cook Italian food. When really, I would argue that that's not true. And absolutely not. Yeah, it's yeah. it is so accessible if you take a recipe and you learn how to cook and you know you know the basics of course but Mm -hmm. i think the accessibility is often in the language it's like i read the recipe in italian Mm -hmm. several times before i sort of like make an outline of it in english for myself and Mm -hmm. then even while doing that sometimes i'll run into snags along the way and i kind of have to improvise just like you're saying um but yeah i i think it's it's worthwhile trying to cook i mean like you were saying about cooking different cuisines like trying to make yep. something Chinese food. I lived in South Korea for a year. I still try and dabble in making some <laughs> of the food that was familiar to me when I lived there. It doesn't always turn out exactly like I want it to, but <laughs> it's still always worth the worth the adventure, worth trying. Interesting. Interesting. So yes, your advantage is that you can read uh, Italian recipes written in Italian right. by Italian authors. Um, I was discussing this with Tina Prestia in one of the recent episodes. Yeah. Um, that's what she does as well. Um, and, uh, you know, she finds that a lot of the, the translated uh, or written by, you know, mm. uh, American authors' uh, recipes uh, lack that kind of detail mm. that really will allow you to get the dish. Um, yes. So it's like a series of steps at that point, And uh, it can be intimidating because you don't really know what you're doing yeah. and what it's supposed to look like. So. Yeah, so I think that's your your advantage. Did you used to uh, cook a lot before you moved to Italy? So I've been cooking for as long as I can remember. I mm. have always loved cooking. 
And I, I think I have a bit of an odd perspective in that I didn't grow up in the kitchen having like a maternal presence that really, really taught mm. me how to cook. Like my mother will admit that she's just not super in love with cooking. It's a part right. of her life, mm -hmm. but she's not, I don't have that strong like attachment to a culinary tradition from my upbringing, like some right. people might, but I still just for as long as I can remember, I've had a passion for food and for cooking and exploring. And I just love the dynamism of it. It's like every time you make something, it can come mm -hmm. out a little bit differently. And like, what can I do to control that? What's out of my control? Sometimes it's a nice surprise. And I just, I just find it the most fascinating thing. And yeah. when you combine that with the fact that food is so, so deeply tied to culture and who people mm -hmm. really are, I think it was only yeah. natural that now that I've created this podcast, it's helped me almost fall in love with Italy even more because mm. I'll admit that I was really at a point maybe mm, like a year ago where I was starting to get really disillusioned with everything. Like I'd only been mm. here for about four years, but you know, I'm, I'm married. I have a son here. I work here. I am fluent in the language and I still felt really, really, really disconnected to Italy. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's, probably a part of most expats experience it's just at a mm -hmm. certain point you get you realize i don't know how much more integrated i could be and how yep. how yeah, yeah. <laughs> it still yeah. feels like this like it's just still frustrating when you mm -hmm. feel yeah. that way um and i was like you know what for better or for worse i'm going to make it my goal to like try new recipes new italian recipes and like that was the the medium for me to like the vehicle for me to like learn more about Italians and more about really, like I said, these little tiny <laughs> unknown parts of Italy that aren't known for tourism, but they have something mm -hmm. really special about them, which is their food. And that's true of right. every part of Italy, really. So. No. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> well, well, I have to tell you, uh, you know, it happened uh, after relocating, I relocated twice because it was right. kind of the first sent to England uh, two and a half years ago now. It comes to a point where you're there, you're thinking, what have I done? Right. <laughs> really, what have I done? Um, but see, blogging, it's, it's interesting what you did there because, again, it shows um, a lot of determination and courage because you're cooking the food from the region you're in. <laughs> and uh, as you learn, and you're upfront about that, um, which, you know, it's not what I did. So for you, it's not an escape. For you, it's more like a test. And by passing this test, you reaffirm yourself there. Yeah. Trying to do a little bit of yeah. cheap psychology. But um, <laughs> on my on my side, instead, it was more like a safe zone. Mm -hmm. I cooked the things I know. And I actually started a blog because I was complaining about how distorted Italian food is in North America, right? So yeah. I started by complaining and, and sort of, <laughs> you know, blotting out. Every, every uh, Italian's favorite pastime is to complain. <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, no, I never noticed that. Are you sure? <laughs> well, I always tell my <laughs> students, I think people from the UK are famous for talking about the weather all the time. But, oh, if, yes, you, but if you ask me, Italians are famous for complaining about the weather all the time. Right, exactly. Troppo freddo, fa troppo caldo. Oh, ma troppo, troppo vento. Everything is just too much. So Too much, too much. And yeah. you're cooking to Italians, to your husband who's Italian. That must be frustrating sometimes. Oh, just about every day of my life, let me tell you. <laughs> 
does he compare with the food of his mom? Uh, I mean, naturally. Naturally does. Yes, I think that's just natural, but yes, he does. He's given me, <laughs> and he has to grade my food a lot of times. He'll give it a voto. Oh, boy. Yeah, and so sometimes, mm. yeah, he'll say, yeah. eh, scarson say, Christian. <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh. that's how you know. It's like, well, it's just barely edible if he gives it a six. And then... <laughs> And then if he he's given me a ten, I think maybe three times. So <laughs> wow, that was uh, in years. <laughs> but well, um, yeah, because you know, in my case, um, well, the effect that me being an Italian uh, had on the relationship with my wife is that she simply stays away from the kitchen when I'm in there. And uh, <laughs> yes, so she's not cooking Italian. She's not attempting to cook Italian. She's just given up. No, she, she did try. She did try, but I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I, my face was just not. Uh, <laughs> you just didn't make it any easier on her, huh? <laughs> I tried. Uh, yeah. I swear I did, but I think it was coming through. Yeah, it's like, eh, um, yeah. Uh, well, you know to be uh, fair, though, I feel like she probably had access to different ingredients, though, not being in Italy, because here it's like I can at least access all of the ingredients mm. from your you know what i mean like the original ingredients but true but see it so did i we were working with the same ingredients okay. but yeah she <laughs> yeah she You're just like, but gave i just up. do it better <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's uh i don't know i think italians are really really difficult when oh. it comes to to this and uh um, we're also not used to being nice let's face it yeah it, italians are not used to just being, uh, you know, having courtesy. And no, 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 they can be very polite, and that's a different thing, though. Sure. But to be, yes, if the context requires. But especially with their friends, they're very direct. Yeah. And obviously with their partners. <laughs> so yes, yeah, too direct. And you know, like what my wife was telling me: if you're invited for dinner, or if somebody cooks for you, you're gonna like it. You are going to like it. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt about that. You're gonna say, mm. <laughs> and exactly. you know, your eyes are gonna say the same thing. You can't leave anything in the plate. You have to put on a show. Yeah, yeah, you have to, you know, endure it till the end, and then you know, uh, smile all the way through. Pretty much. Pretty much. Hey, that's how you you're raised. Yeah. Instead, you know, Italians are just not gonna do that. No, no. They'll say, you know what? Uh, mm, They'll have an excuse. The, yeah. the most polite they get is say, ah, oh, I actually have some heartburn. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can eat anymore. No, so they'll, the, they'll come up with something Something creative. with the digestion, like, oh, no, no, me voy a, <laughs> no me voy a pesantire. That's my favorite. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't, yeah. don't want to eat too much. It's like, sure you don't. <laughs> <laughs> if it was nonna cooking, I would uh, like to see that. Exact. Yes, yeah, 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 I know. And yes, you probably talk about uh, the digestion with your husband a lot yeah, <laughs> is that right pretty much every day it's all constant digeribile. it's very digestible digestible yes that's an italian word frequently really. used adjective in the english language digestible <laughs> <laughs> if you're a gastroenterologist maybe but right <laughs> <laughs> but no italians talk about that kind of stuff all the time um oh so much fun Anyway, um, let's continue. Uh, okay, so people go on your, um, uh, go to listen your, to your podcast on the various clients, and obviously they uh, 
may want a recipe, right? As yeah. well, a written reference, as well as especially the ingredient list. Mm-hmm. So for that, you have a blog. Mm-hmm. But I think if I understand the system, you also found a very uh, smart monetization uh, strategy for some of your recipes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Can you talk about that a little. Yeah. Well, I basically just set up a Patreon. And so I use that as kind of the way to block like access to the blog posts, which have the recipes in them. And so basically, mm-hmm. if you want to um, be a part of like the Italian dish cooking club and uh, cook it. along with us, uh-huh. then you can uh, join the Patreon, which is it's just like $3 a month. I thought that was fair for just a couple of recipes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, then you can unlock the the recipes and they're there on my blog and you can print them you can do whatever awesome and, fantastic yeah. and you're producing one recipe a week uh, yes again, remarkable <laughs> trying to be yeah <laughs> um i have another question about you know curiosity about that um uh, do you have like a production uh, pipeline like several shows ready to go or uh you know you really cook as you go because you want things to be seasonal and yeah. you know it's also you don't have a lot of time so you have to kind of yeah prepare them as you go i wish i were a really really organized person and had my calendar <laughs> set up for like content creation for the next two months to the end of the year next i i'm just not that person i as you said i improvise it's like yep that's pretty much everything about me <laughs> i i really i kind of just because it's like it's so heavily dependent i like having the freedom of choosing what i want to cook based on what i see in the market Mm -hmm. or what i see what i you know see is like seasonal what everyone else was cooking at the time i had a friend a couple weeks ago who was like here we've got all the persimmons from my Mm. mother-in-law's persimmon tree like here's six persimmons and then i was like oh oh, great now i have to make something with persimmons i guess like just you know i I've been cooking that way and it's just how I run things. So it's like, I, I kind of think ahead, like in the sense that, so next month is Christmas. What are the typical recipes around Christmas? Obviously, how do you pick mm-hmm. four, you know, recipes that are representative of like the holiday season? Obviously, I'll have to mm-hmm. choose and then see what comes and do some more next year. But I have a friend who is like, I tried to ask her if she wanted to be. <laughs> on the podcast as a guest to do gnocchi and oh, nice. uh, yes. she is from Verona. So she was like, eh, però gnocchi si fanno a febbraio verso carnevale. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And so I was like, oh, okay, I guess we'll, I'll, okay. Maybe I'll try and ask you in a couple months. And she was like, yeah, I'm so similar sento. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll just do it by myself then. <laughs> but, oh, you know. Uh, well, yeah. she's, uh, yeah, she's, she's Italian so shy when it comes to doing these things. Or they don't like commitments, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah. too. laughs> so, yes, you, you do plan ahead. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I'm even less organized because uh, <laughs> um, I now, you know, maybe because of, um, you know, the working from home, mm. I, I can, I can finally, and, and um, do this more regularly. So I'm trying to have an episode a week myself, but yeah. it's, um, it's hard. It's hard for me. I know I'm not constant and certainly it helps to be constant. So again, good work, uh, you <laughs> know, having an episode a week regularly. Thanks. Yeah. I think it really helps. Awesome. Uh, so much to say, I, I think though, we are kind of running out of time. So, um, we have to do this again, though. I'm sure there's yeah, more definitely. things uh, we can talk about. Yeah, so interesting. 
Well, I'd love to have you on my podcast as well, if you'd be willing. Ooh, of course. Um, <laughs> sometime in February. <laughs> Maybe. I don't See if you feel Maybe. like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I'd love to. I, I'm very interested in any, any collaboration and uh, if I can be of, of any help. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I haven't even had, pleasure. you won't believe this, but I haven't had an actual Italian, 100% Italian guest on yet. So you might be the first. Hmm. What are we gonna do? Cook together? We could. Yeah, that would be my oh, idea. That's, that's fun. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> oh. Did you say you're from like around Milan? I, I started. Yeah, know. yeah. Not Milan City. Thirty mm-hmm. kilometers north of Milan. Okay. But again, I'm interested in learning uh, how to cook some uh, dishes from Florence as well. So <laughs> maybe we can, uh, we can do something like that. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, I'll, th- awesome. I'll do some thinking about that and <laughs> we'll figure out what will work. But yeah. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Christine. It was a pleasure talking with you. Again, a fantastic story. I have a lot of admiration for what you do. Oh, uh, you are amazing. You really do uh, an amazing product. <laughs> and uh, yes, absolutely. So I see a lot of success ahead of you. And uh, and again, congrats for everything and for enjoying Italy and the Italians <laughs> the way you do. <laughs> Thanks. Yes, sei una santa, sei una santa. No, ma che? Va bene, dai. Dai. Ti saluto. Sì, grazie. Alla prossima, presto, Alla prossima. ciao. Alla prossima, ciao. Talk soon, cheers. Cheers.